the best production advice I ever got was from Lensman and he was just like an hour a day. I'm like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, that's not, that, that can't be right. He was like an hour a day. Just wake up and make music for an hour a day. Set a timer, get it done, dip out, watch what happens. This is the Last Week Liquid Podcast. What is up, you ledgers? Hope you're all doing great. Welcome back to the Last Week Liquid Podcast. My name is Simon, and I produce drum and bass under the name Mill Street. And today I'm bringing you my chat with Colby, better known as Echo Brown. Quick bit of uh, housekeeping as usual before I leave you to today's episode. Um, if you haven't yet, uh, do check out our Discord server. Uh, link should be in the description of this episode to join. Uh, if the link doesn't work, drop me a message because I'm a massive newbie with Discord. But that's where all the community is uh, congregating uh, nowadays to chat about the latest episodes, guests you want to see on the, the show and a ton of other topics. So uh, do feel free to join uh, that Discord server if you're on Discord. Uh, if you're listening on either uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast, uh, please just take a few seconds to uh, rate the podcast um rated five stars if you think it deserves it um because that helps uh spread the word and uh just helps other people find out about the show and finally uh as every week a huge shout out to my uh, liquid legends uh, supporters over on patreon uh shout outs this week to christian smith elliot berger graham metcalf george elliot marco luna nathan mccain steve nelson if you guys want to support the show support what i do here uh, Patreon is the place to do that. All right, on to the episode now. Uh, had Colby on the show uh, last year, around March, and I think at the time it was one of my longest episodes. We went for close to two hours at the time. Uh, and yeah, I loved the chat we had at the time and loved chatting uh, chatting to Colby about his his music. I'm a huge fan of of the stuff he puts out. So, yeah, when he reached out and when uh, Lensman reached out to, to have him on the show for his uh, upcoming EP, uh, it was kind of a no-brainer for me to, to chat with him again. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, we talked a lot about productivity uh, and why you probably shouldn't be comparing your creative output to other people. We talked about uh, zooming out and just being proud of your accomplishments to date and not always be looking to the next EP, the next project. And then we talk about, uh, obviously, his latest EP, Midnight Static, on the North Quarter, some of the inspiration behind the tracks, uh, and a ton of other stuff. So yeah, really love this chat with Colby. Um, as I said <laughs> many times, I love his music, so if you haven't checked out his stuff and anything else the North Quarter puts out, for that matter, do check it out. But this latest EP is uh, is really brilliant. So do do go give it a listen and support uh, if you love it. And yeah, in the meantime, I leave it at that. So as always, thanks a lot for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. And we're on. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down for a second time with Colby, better known as Echo Brown. Colby is an American drum and bass producer based out of North Carolina, with releases across the likes of 1985 and the North Quarter. 
with the release of his follow-up EP on the North Quarter entitled Midnight Static, which you can catch now on all platforms. It felt only right to bring him back on. Kobe, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Thanks for having me again. Doing all right. Hope you are as well. I am, man. My pleasure. Uh, I was listening back to our conversation a year ago just to kind of remember what we talked about. And uh, you spent a lot of time complaining about North Carolina for like the first 20 minutes about how you hated that place. (laughs) I I was wondering if anything changed or... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I probably say North Carolina's perception of me changed slightly, which was uh, interesting to deal with. But what do you mean? Oh, eh, people listened. (laughs) Okay. The best way to put it. People listened. Some people didn't like observations being made. It happens. Um, But um, no, I'd say that. (laughs) You know, for the U.S. in general, uh, there's been a lot of advancements drum and bass wise within the past year. Like it seems like a long time, but it's really a short amount of time that there's been a lot of just a lot of new uh, talents on the rise coming up. And North Carolina's part of that, too. And, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, kind of I know everyone has like their home base, like the this the place that they like pledge or rep you know i I don't necessarily rep north carolina to that full extent but like from the u.s definitely and Mm -hmm. i happen to live in a state that's a part of that and i think it's great yeah any plans to move to the uk i know you mentioned that briefly in passing last time we spoke (laughs) i really want to I i really really want to um Oh man, it's just been, it's kind of hard to gauge, you know, ask me yeah. in five years. That, mm. That's like the realistic uh, projection for me. Like ask yeah, me in yeah. five years, I might be out there. But in the meantime, I'm, uh, I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one because uh, in Europe, we always forget how like blessed we are to be able to just move around across countries and if I wanted to live in, I don't know, Portugal for a year now, it would be like dead easy. You just move there and keep working. It's the same currency, same visa, everything. Right. Uh, when you're moving across the Atlantic, it's it's another deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big move. Um, not to mention that, you know, Europe versus the US in terms of scale and size, Europe's a little bigger, but... Um, I just feel like it would be such an easier situation for drum and bass or just electronic music in general to kind Mm. of move out to Europe and the UK and just have such an easier reach um, to just, you know, whether it be shows or just traveling in general. But um, no, I mean, Stateside's got its gems too. And I mean, the West Coast has got some some serious scenes and um, I'm trying my best to plan to make it out there to kind of delve into it a little bit more and mm. um but yeah we'll see london mm. might happen it's definitely on my bucket list like at least <laughs> for a couple of years let me just live yeah, somewhere yeah. that's not the u.s but you know nothing that's the, that's the thing it, it never has to be like a lifetime commitment you can just like try it out obviously it's work to to move but 
It can just be something you try out for a few years if you don't like it or if it's too hard, whatever, move back. For sure. So, So, yeah, man, we spoke about a year ago. It was early 2021. You just released your first EP on the North Quarter. Feels like a a long time ago. I don't know if it's... Does it feel like a long time ago for you when that EP dropped? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It feels... It doesn't feel like it's only been a year at all. Um, Because, I mean, I had like four to five other projects drop last year after it. And I'm not used to that kind of release schedule, like the frequency. So, uh, yeah, like within, I think it was like five or six months straight, it was just one release two releases like over a weekend that conflicted with each other then another Mm -hmm. then a single here and then a remix here that's it's that last year was like ironically given even with covid it was like the busiest year i've had Mm -hmm. musically so i was uh yeah but it definitely feels like a long time yeah how how do you kind of reflect on on 2021 like as a as a whole so you said it was very busy you got back to shows, then I don't know if shows were closed again because of Omicron and all that stuff. Like, how do you look back on 2021 as a whole? Uh, I, I would say that as a whole for music, I don't know. Everyone has a different experience with last year. Everyone had different situations. But for me, I mean, I feel like it was just very productive. Like, I got a lot of stuff done the releases that came out, I did start playing shows again later on in the year, starting around like October. Um, And, you know, just a lot of planning, honestly, just trying to figure Mm -hmm. out like what I want to do musically crafting the sound for the new EP that's, you know, Mm -hmm. dropping soon. And I I think overall, um, even though it doesn't feel like I did much because wasn't able to really go anywhere. Um, Delta swept in around what, like May, June, and everything was pretty much knocked down. So, uh, you know, just isolation in general just makes it hard to like believe that I did mm. accomplish a bunch. Um, but in reality, I did. And there are the, like tons of artists probably feel the same way where they just had this impressive output of creative work and because they didn't really travel or they weren't going into an office or traditional studio setting and all these different things weren't happening like they would have pre-covid it maybe feels like they didn't accomplish that much but in reality like no last year was last year was a year for a lot of people so yeah yeah, for you too, yeah, man. I saw you having those releases too. Uh, yeah, just tracks. A, f- <clears throat> a few. Yeah, 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 a few. I had a. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, I guess my last track was in September, so like it feels like a long time ago now, and I it feels like I should have something else out, but at the same time, like you know, I've been focusing a lot on this podcast, and you can't do everything. I know. Right. You, I'm sure you feel the same way, and there's surely a ton of other side projects you'd like to do and it's like Mm. okay there's only i want to do a few things well and i don't want to half-ass my podcast so i can produce music 
but then be thinking about the podcast and you know like do it both of them like 50 percent <laughs> so yeah, yeah i haven't written haven't written as much as i wanted to but i'm happy with the tracks that came out like i'm grateful for the the collabs i managed to put out and the labels that put out my music so yeah like yeah. you made tunes and you released them on labels like yeah. kudos man <laughs> like <laughs> Thanks. big ups like it seems it, it, even if it's like one tune or a small two track ep that's still a massive accomplishment so congratulations man seriously nah, pats man. on the back big up man nah, i appreciate that yeah it's funny how i don't know if you feel the same way but when you've done something like maybe once or twice you've released your first few tracks the next ones afterwards feel like normal like it's expected and oh yeah you're releasing tracks and you almost forget like how special it is to actually like put out music and have a label say yeah we're behind this track and because it becomes normal but it shouldn't be you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no totally relatable um and half the time it's songs that you have zero confidence in are the ones yeah. that they're like this is it this is the one this is going to be the one that's going to like make you and you're like there's no way mm. there's no way <laughs> um and uh yeah, no, I feel, I feel like most artists have that where, you know, especially if it's a big project that's hyped up, there's massive promotion campaigns, it's getting, you know, featured on all these different playlists and stuff. And then you have like these little offshoot tracks where you're just like, I don't think that's going anywhere. But then it does. Yeah. You're just like, oh, great. <laughs> and then yeah. just keep up the momentum until the next big release that comes along later down and then another one and another one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for me, the thing that I have the problem with right now is some of y'all just produce so much music within a short period of time. And I, I have no clue how you, how any of you do it. I, mm -hmm. I could, I could say I'm, I'm trying to be like much more optimistic and like positive of like, I can do this, but like also knowing like. I would burn out in a week if I was yeah. making like, there's some people that are just like, yeah, I just made track number 70 in the past three months. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up. What do you mean? <laughs> like, I think, um, right, but then again, it's like comparing yourself to others, right? You don't yeah. want to do that. Cause that'll put you in a particular mind state. That'll kind of set you up to kind of fail in a sense, but it's like perfect example, halogenics, uh, he came up in the last podcast too. yeah i was gonna say you <laughs> yeah. talked about oh <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh he he's probably probably still not listening but <laughs> yeah that's all right man one day one day you're gonna have him on this one podcast day, yeah. I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now that's happening yeah, and um he uh he had an instagram post a couple of months ago where he just showed off his tunes and it was just like it was like it's been a busy year and it was like 70 tracks. And I'm like, my guy, that's more than one track a week. And it's not even the end of the year yet. Yeah. I would have, like, I'd be living in a cardboard box. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have time to work. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Then again, excuses, right? And it's like, but like, that also doesn't work for me either. Because I no, just No, exactly. Know, like, yeah. that it, like, in the end, maybe that shouldn't be like an objective, like, to write like should that be an objective i'm I'm not sure like we're all 
different. We're built. I was just as you were saying that. I was thinking like if somebody told you, oh yeah, I run, I ran like uh, twenty miles on Monday and and fifteen on the Wednesday, and I'd be like, that's amazing. But I wouldn't compare myself to that because I can't run. So it's like <laughs> I wouldn't be thinking like, oh man, he's doing, he's running so much, and I can't do it because I'm not training and I'm not like built that way or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with music. Like we're all comparing ourselves, but we're all built differently. And I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, and you pick up, you pick up tips along the way that help kind of alleviate that. Um, like the best production advice I ever got was from Lensman. And he was just like an hour a day. I'm like, mm. no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not, that, that can't be right. He was like an hour a day. Just wake up and make music for an hour a day. Set a timer, get it done, dip out, watch mm. what happens. Man was right. <laughs> oh, so not so not even not more than an hour, just just one hour, not not more. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if you hit a flow state on it, you know, might as yeah, well yeah, put yeah. some more work in. But uh, yeah. the like ha- setting that hard minimum of yeah. like one hour every day, like. Some people could watch a Netflix show for an hour. You can go and make music for one hour and you still have 23 hours left, you know, Mm. 15 if you take sleep away. Um, So it's like, uh, it's just, you know, building habits around it. But also you could just be that weird person that just like you produce 30 tracks in a week. And mm. you just sit on them for eight months because they're mm. all hitters, like they're all bangers, and you know that they're gonna make moves. Mm. I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm nah. definitely not that person. Um, but there are some people out there. Uh, actually, uh, a fellow U.S. homie of mine, CLB, is another. He's, he's that that's one to keep on the radar for sure. CLB, he's he's doing some stuff. Shout out to Max and uh, drum, drum and bass or oh yeah 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 he does okay. he does a he does a bunch of different uh, genres, but yeah. he's had some drum and bass tracks that like them them things come on and I'm I kind of have to like stop what I'm doing and just kind of like <laughs> oh shit I, that, that's um, the direction we want you want <laughs> yeah he's a fire producer but like. I'll see his Instagram and like day after day, just like boom, track, boom, track, boom, track, SoundCloud preview, SoundCloud preview. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Mm. What are you, is this, I'm just like, oh man, not like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, that's like a bad idea. Like, no, it's like, how are you doing this? Give me (laughs) your secret. Tell me. Um, So, but then again, it's like, we all got our differences in terms of like what we got to yeah. do, you know, you know, so. Yeah. And dude, like you're talking as if like you didn't put out any music or something. It's like you had your EP early last year. Then you put out a bunch of like two trackers and compilation tracks and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now you and now you have another EP on the North Core. Yeah. Like, well, well, it's what, like, it's what just like, you want? right, right. It was just like what you were saying earlier, where it's like, you know, you put something out in September and it feels like it was such a long time. And like the last yeah. track that I released was, I, I want to say like August, mm. I had that remix on focus for, mm. um, Valiant MC, yeah, yeah. Josiah Scribes HD. And 
Uh, oh, Cyberpost, Excel's the other guy on there. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just felt like forever. And then this EP came through and I'm just like, but in my mind, I don't know why. And perhaps maybe, you know, you, you'll find that trend in other artists as well, perhaps even yourself, where you hold certain releases in the limelight in your mm-hmm. head. Like yeah. Struggles was the release last year that I was yeah. just like, this is the pinnacle of what I've done so far. Like yeah. I can only get better from this point of reference. Mm. Like I had a track on one night, a five last year. Like it doesn't yeah. like, maybe I'm just thinking like, I can't believe that happened. Cause Alex <laughs> Perez is like my favorite producer. Like night one nine eight five. I've been following since the beginning. Same thing with the North quarter though. So it's like, but that just knowing like how struggles went, yeah. I just know like the next thing that I'm going to make has to have the momentum of that. And that's such a crappy way to look at it. You know, like yeah. everything that I put out last year was a serious accomplishment. Yeah. It's hard. And I feel like a lot of artists feel the same way. It's hard to, you know, sometimes it's just hard to strip it all back and just look at the, the reality yeah. you created art. And you, it's on a platform that people interact with. Therefore, you are an artist. And if you want to be an artist professionally, you are actively doing it. You are doing what you love. Your passion is this. You're living the life. Yeah. It's really hard sometimes to, to, to realize that as like, yeah. that's what's actually happening right now. Um I have that same problem every day, every day. But, you know, I'm working towards, I'm working towards it or uh, working through it, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's hard also to, like, as you said, like isolate each release just for what it is and look at it like, okay, this is one release I'm really proud of and just be proud of it for what it is without comparing it to what you did before or what's coming after or like, you know, just remove all the rest and just look at that one release like that one track on 1985 like that's the dream of 99% of people listening to us right now like guaranteed <laughs> so same like, here <laughs> for real so that's so, so so that's like that's crazy that's a crazy accomplishment and you don't you don't need to compare it to like struggles or the next project or whatever like just take that and it's like right. wow damn that like that's amazing yeah, it's it, that's that's the mentality to that have. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's the way to look at it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So how did that track come about? Before we we get on get onto your your new EP, that track on one ninety five. Oh, clarity. You, um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I I mean I was. Uh, I think that I think that was locked in before struggles even came out um because i had been talking back and forth uh with alex on instagram for a little bit um and uh, he hit me up and he was like you know i've got this new project for you know this atlas project where it's just up and comers or uh and obviously they wanted to get artists from like around the globe hence atlas so um he was like if you got stuff send it and 
I sent clarity and he was like, I, I love this tune. Let's, let's, let's go. And I, <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's like, everything goes right. And you're like, nah, someone's going to mess up. Someone's going to yeah, fuck yeah, up yeah. here eventually. <laughs> like he's going to be like, eh, it's just not what I'm feeling. And I'm like, that's what I'm used to though. Like at that point, like in terms of like submitting tracks in, like unless it was Lensman for the North Quarter, cause that was already established. You'd send stuff into like higher profile labels, like hospital Ram, um, which I, I'm not going to lie, sent a couple of those in, not within the past year or two, but in the past, for sure. There was a time where I sent a track to Hospital Records, like every time I finished it in like 2017, 2018, and just had this expectation, like they're not going to get back to me, but the per- the persistence of me sending it in, mm. it might get, I never did. That's all right. Um, no, but that, that's the right mindset, I think, definitely. Like, yeah, 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 just to keep it up. But, like, yeah. also at the same time, like, seeing how things turned out, I can't yeah. be I can't be more happier. But, yeah, you know, I sent that over to Alex. He, he liked it a lot. And uh, he set everything in motion. And he sent me over the masters, like, five or six months later. And I was staring at this track list where I'm on the same EP as, you know, I, you're the French speaker. Is it visage or is it visages? <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if, uh, it's, uh, if, if it's the French word, it's visage. 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 Yeah. Visage. Okay. Which means, which means faces. Oh, which you, prob- yeah. Thanks, it's like son. a, yeah. Faces. Yeah. Which that's, I guess is maybe because there's like three or I don't know. There's how many. four of them. Four, four of them. Yeah, yeah or yeah. more. I might be wrong. I've, I know I've, that it's more than three. Yeah, because some picks there's like just three of them, and I've seen picks where there's four. I, I'm never sure. Yeah, they, it must be <laughs> but, like a uh, whole collective. But yeah, um, so that's faces. Yeah, that's what it means. Cool. Well, thank you for teaching me something. That's <laughs> awesome. I appreciate that. Whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, my mom speaks French fluently she lives in uh quebec but she grew up in uh she grew up all over europe pretty much until like 25 so uh thank you for teaching me some of that because like there was a time where she yeah she wanted to teach me french growing up and i was just like nah speak normal (laughs) (laughs) speak normal (laughs) speak speak american (laughs) it was like no oh man it was bad yeah but um nah now all i want to do is learn languages but yeah, uh, but um, yeah. So like this track list with Visage and um, Alex and Deft and Drone um, and I can't remember. There was I just remember looking at this list and being like, "Holy shit! This whole thing is nuts." Monty, mm-hmm. like, God. Just had to soak Monty's it in. killing it. That's he uh, uh, hit the lights. His album. That's that's my favorite album last year. Easily mm-hmm. the best album that came out. Yeah, in my brilliant. own personal opinion, there's brilliant. incredible, incredible albums that came out all year long. Incredible EPs. Hit the lights is a classic. I don't see yeah. that ever not being rinsed out for like really forever. It's just yeah. so good. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so diverse, but it all fits together so well. It's like, how do you do this? Like, if I were to do like a 140 track, it would feel 
so out of place with the rest, but everything fits in so yeah. well together. And obviously the tracks flowed into each other, so that helps. But yeah, yeah. No, that album is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. That that Cinnamon track, um, mm. I heard that because I think it got sent to me. I think because, uh, you know, after a while, you know, people kind of just send shit to you and you're like, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> and um I heard that's that the one with uh, red eyes. Sorry, is that uh, Birdland was the one with red eyes. That one's fire okay. too. I love okay. that track. Um, but Cinnamon, I heard that, and I went and signed up for Monty's Patreon that <laughs> that same moment. <laughs> I was like, I have to know because give this me the is packs, so good. please, man, give me the gems. Let me get the gems. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, uh what can you do? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was talking with with Monty a few episodes back, and we were talking about Patreon, and because he obviously he has his Patreon, and it's quite successful. Like in like a few months, he had like two hundred, three hundred people on there, and I th- yeah, it understandably, the, yeah, it just speaks to the quality of uh, of yeah the the stuff he puts out, and uh, yeah, just the quality of it. People want to learn from him, and. Uh, yeah, it's I, actually it's something we haven't spoken about last time. Like Patreon, is it something you ever thought about, or oh yeah, are you thinking about it, or yeah, absolutely. Um, just waiting for the right time. I mean, mm. in theory, you know, anytime's the right time. But <laughs> um, I I don't know. I've just uh, like for instance, I've never made a sample pack in my entire life. Uh, mm. so that's gonna take some getting used to. Um, tutorials is something I've really never done. I've done Twitch streaming. I did two Twitch streams of some, some tracks and, um, that instant gratification issue that everyone has a problem with where, you know, you do something, you don't see the result immediately. So you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to do this anymore. Struggled Mm. with that a little bit with Twitch because it's just like, you have like, I had that sad Twitch moment that every Twitch streamer had where I saw that there was one person watching the stream and I didn't realize that that one person was actually me. Oh, shit. Oh, man. (laughs) So I was just like, oh, (laughs) damn. I I, I didn't know you were counted as yourself in the viewers. I think I've, I don't. Or maybe you had another laptop or something to check. I had my phone up. That's what it yeah. is. We're figuring this out on the fly right now. You're helping me. Fi- things are starting to make sense. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to like <laughs> dig up the past here. But <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good because it was. Um, yeah, I had my phone open for the chat because yeah, yeah. Uh, I use a Mac, but I only have like one screen. So um, when you're using Streamlabs. You obviously have that main interface page where you have it shows you what the stream what's happening and then you have the chat but it doesn't allow you to kind of view things necessarily in full time so i had the phone open so things were open Mm. in full time and that that's what it was showing so it was me watching myself it was just an episode of black mirror that's what it was um uh but that's rough yeah i mean it's just creating a bunch of content condensing it into month-long installments and it's like a it's a solid it's a solid format and i really like the idea of it i really like Mm. that concept of having your audience and your fan base 
um, you know, they're given the opportunity to like truly support their artist, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's incentives to it and you're adding value. It's not just, you know, pay me $10 a month for me to just continue to make music. Like there's just a mm. bunch of stuff on top of that. And I really like that concept because it makes everything feel a lot more personal. Yeah. And I feel like you're serving your community, your audience, which is really good. You know, that feeling of giving back to those who support you in some way. So yeah. um, it's a great concept. Um, I don't know. It's more so just yeah. juggling the process of working a full nine to five job mixed with producing the next EP yeah. or the next couple projects. I have a completely separate side project that I'm still trying to launch mm. and um, just any other goals. It's just what we were talking about earlier. It's just one Perfect. thing after one thing after one thing. And instead of putting a hundred percent effort and <laughs> time and passion into one thing, you're putting 25% here, 25% yeah. there and then nothing gets done. So yeah. Yeah. And but Patreon is Patreon's definitely something you don't want to half-ass. Like you want to, you want to do it properly, and you want to as much as possible, obviously. But you want to like <laughs> give something that people want, and you don't want to disappoint them, and all of that. It's a bit of a like I started mine a few months ago, and it is like a bit of a responsibility. Like you want to, yeah, it's another job. Wanna, yeah, it yeah, really, yeah no, exactly. Yeah, it really just makes you turns it into a business some sorts and I've never really been the entrepreneurial type but I'm mm. slowly morphing into that archetype a little bit uh, as you you know you learn things and you go along yeah. with the ride and you kind of realize like okay like yeah. this is where a lot of progress is going to be made and that's that's life yeah. you learn you grow become yeah. something different but I, I think the good thing with Patreon as well is that you don't need to like figure it out like everything in advance and just have it all mapped out perfectly and then execute. Oh. You can try things and see what people enjoy, what they don't enjoy. Like maybe they don't really want, I, I have no idea, but maybe they don't want sample packs from you. They want like uh, breakdowns of your tunes. Like I'd love to see breakdowns, for example. And so you can kind of figure out as you go and try new things adapt your tiers like it's not obviously you have you need to have some ids uh ahead of time but you see what i mean like it can be like an evolving project as well it doesn't have to be this huge thing uh, yeah it it's yeah. like it it, it kind of seems like the anti-creative process where you're using your creative property to profit a little bit but not saying that in a bad way i think it's just the way that thinking about thinking of providing this content to people of delivering yeah, yeah. this to, to to your audience and that's where that's where i get hung up because it's like yeah you, you know i get in a vibe and i make a track that's no problem i can do that once a week no no issues there it's more so like all right i need to now make a video detailing everything that went into making this track and then because yeah. that's also that requires <laughs> me to have video editing skills yeah like that's another again another goal and skill set that you have to you know if you're piling <laughs> them up twenty five percent of this yeah. now it's fifteen percent, um, yeah. But then again, I'm listening like I hear it and it's like there are tons of people that do it and their lives are 
20,000 times harder to mine. Like I'm, mm. tr- I find it very hard to complain about these things. So yeah. um, really all I got to do is like take the risk. And I think most artists should do that yeah. as well. Yeah. But I think it's the, I think it's the future definitely of definitely in music. There's so much talk about not earning anything from music and mm. having to tour and all that and being able to, create those connections directly with people and allowing them to support your your music your career directly without any intermediary obviously patreon takes a cut but it's more or less direct uh yeah i think that's the future definitely so yeah i've Um, i've been toying with the idea of creating my own little like streaming like website sort of uh Mm -hmm but for like exclusive tunes that aren't on labels, like self-release okay. things where it's through a platform, you release it and they just go to a website and they just hit play that stream money right to you. There's no mm. issues with it. Um, you know, having it on Spotify is just, you know, unfortunately the way things are right now is <coughs> it's the most highly Tra- or trafficked uh, music streaming service, and unfortunately, it's it, it's criminal how low they pay artists. You know, so mm-hmm. um, but that's like the it's like the only place you can get a return on that investment of time and effort. But yeah. then again, it's like especially in drum and bass, like a million streams for a track, like when you really need the money to like bring you like five grand you know and it's and that's that's it it's just like five grand give or take you know and that depends on like how long they're playing the track there are all these different variables Mm -hmm. um it kind of sucks like um but at the same time I mean, that's kind of the way the world works right now. And, you know, hopefully things change and, yeah. you know, hope that there's a service down the road. That's just like, here's your page. Here's your streaming link. You click, you know, your visitors yeah. click this and it's like a dollar for a play. And yeah. 500 plays is $500. But whoever is investing in that would have to be like, like a literal billionaire. Like, I uh, because there's so much money that would have to <clears throat> pump back out for that. Yeah. That if someone were to, if you were to create a model where your streamers, like not um not the musicians, but members, people that are actually like they subscribe to these services to go to all these different profiles and play this music, like your subscription fee would be like ridiculous. It'd be like 40, 50 bucks to get anywhere near a return on investment. But like, that's how it should be, though. Like, it's the, <laughs> it's the, isn't that the user centric model? Uh, I think it's what it's, what it's called. It's what uh, SoundCloud is using now. I think of basically instead of instead of doing what Spotify does, where they take all the subscriptions from people, and then they that's a, like a huge pool of money, and then they allocate it based on streams. So if Adele is like half the streams of Spotify is Adele, well, half of everybody's money is going to Adele, even if you're not listening to her. That doesn't matter. Wow. And what sound? And what SoundCloud is 
I I believe they've implement uh, they've done it now is basically they just look at what you're listening to, and then they split the money that you're paying. So your ten dollars. If I'm only listening to you and Alex, let's say for like fifty fifty, well five of my dollars goes to you, five to Alex, and nothing else. And that's like the user centric model where it's based on what people are actually listening to. Yeah, which I think is really really interesting yeah it's just not in the interest of the big the huge labels the sony and all those guys so they'll never accept and it's kind of back and forth there but i think that's that's an interesting model yeah i just uh yeah i hope more companies and corporations can kind of pick up on that but i don't know then there's the other side of me that's just like find the side hustle find the key (laughs) find 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 whatever is out there um i don't know it's like a horrible way to go about it but um because it really should just be fair to the artists and the fact that like this is what people like us want to do like day in and day out we want to wake up make music you know be an artist go play go perform and you know like not necessarily like profit massively from it you know well i guess some people do um but just be comfortable like yeah living wage off of my music is like it's like this unattainable like impossibility right now Mm -hmm. the way things are so yeah um but like also the same point like there's a possibility in it yeah it can happen you know just just need to be persistent with stuff and pretty soon it can happen yeah you gotta gotta pursue it if there's a if there's a possibility for sure just want to yeah. yeah switch to your your new ep on a lighter note i guess <laughs> a more positive note right 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 um, yeah sorry <laughs> no 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 Charles, no no i was i was bringing that subject up myself but uh so yeah your ep well by the time this episode comes out it'll be out but uh does it come out end of this week or is it the week after i forget uh the, the full release is february 11th so okay. it is the week after the next week yeah, yes. yeah so how are you how are you feeling pre pre-release is it nerves business yeah. as usual how are you feeling um i was feeling a lot more nervous before the first single came out nokia days with lensman um reception was really 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 good not that i expected it to not have a good reception i mean it's lensman on the track <laughs> I can't, yeah i didn't have any uh i didn't have any negative expectations for that um the release as a whole i think i don't know i feel pretty good about it um right now it's been you know it's five really really personal tracks to me in terms of like my influences and inspirations and I don't know it's definitely a reflection of like the past couple of years really of just like how I've been wanting my sound to go the different vibes I've been going for and kind of just like long-term versus short-term trends of just you know me just messing around with certain things but um no, I'm I'm very uh, I'm I'm very excited for this release. Like struggles was great, but this is definitely like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very hyped for it. It doesn't yeah. look like it, but <laughs> no, I know I'm you hyped. are. I know I'm you hyped. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
I was giving it a, a spin. You sent it to me earlier today. And uh, yeah, it's brilliant, man. I love it. I, I, I knew I was going to love it because I love your stuff. And uh, and obviously Struggles was one of my favorite EPs when it came out. And um, But yeah, this one is brilliant because I think it really builds on on your sound. Like you, you didn't do... Com- Sometimes artists will do something completely different and then it's like, okay, that's, it's, it's, it's okay. You do what you want to do. But I like that you really consolidated your sound while also experimenting with a darker edge, I guess, a bit more, a bit edgier, a bit more gritty sometimes. Um, so yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, the, the track that really stood out was, a, I don't know how you pronounce it, Kusanagi. Oh, Kusanagi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, first things, appreciate you, man. The kind words. They they mean oh. a lot. Thank you. Um, you know, we've had this conversation already earlier in this episode where it's just sometimes you just, you can't, there's a lot of doubt, you know, when these releases come through, you just never know. But no, seriously, thank you. That 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 makes me feel very happy. Warms my heart. Glad you like it. Um, Kusanagi. Yeah, man. That's the, that's the, the classified the banger the on hitter, the EP. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it was definitely, you know, a, a decent vibe on there. Um a lot of inspirations. There's some inspiration from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which disappointed the crap out of me. Mm. Um but uh <laughs> <laughs> no man, I just I don't know, I just wanted like a like a deeper, techier vibe, um, and kind of just yeah, I don't know. It it turned out good, man. It's I'm getting yeah. good feedback from it. It's definitely one of the standout tunes of the EP, and I think it's uh it's making some moves. Yeah. yeah. What what does it actually mean? I didn't look this up. Kusanagi. It's a Japanese folklore about a a sword. That's okay. Yeah, there's like this massive uh folklore behind it uh, regarding. I think the sword like collects souls and stuff. I'm not entirely certain on that. To be completely honest with you, I learned that after the fact that I sent okay. the name in with the track, I originally named it after, I don't know if you're familiar with Ghost in the Shell. Uh, just but just the, by name. The anime. Yeah, the main character's <laughs> last name is Kusanagi, and she's like okay. a total badass like cyborg. <laughs> and that's like, I was watching a lot of like standalone complex um and like the original film uh the original anime film from the 90s and then uh couple that with playing cyberpunk i was just like this is it this is the vibe i'm inspired <laughs> right now <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what a happened. real story yeah yeah but then like actually getting the uh the kind of like the real life like folklore backstory of the sword was like oh that's kind of cool all right i don't know how that's gonna yeah. play in here but you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i I really dig that track because again, it's like it's still your vibe. It's still moody. It has the like chord changes that are kind of vibey and all of that. But then <clears throat> it's a lot heavier than anything you've put out really recently, yeah. I believe. So that's the stuff yeah, I've no. been trying to make, man. Like that's mm. the stuff that I've been working years to just find. Like what? Like I know I can hear it, and I couldn't notate it. Mm-hmm. I guess skill set wise, I think it's gotten very, just like a little bit better for me, a lot more sound. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah, this, that was the result. This feels good now. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully a lot more tracks on that vibe coming soon for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. But no, I'm glad you like it, man. Seriously, thank you. Like, I'm glad. <laughs> that, um, I'm glad people like it because I really, I really like that tune. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I think it's gonna be the, uh, obviously because it's, it's probably the one that's gonna be get, be played more, uh, live. But I think it's gonna be the one with, with the most success from, from the EP. But um, yeah. I just want to switch to, uh, Patreon questions because uh. F- Obviously, I uh, I let my patrons ask questions to my guests now, and oh, yeah. I got in I got in a ton of questions for you. Oh wow, cool! <laughs> which which makes my job easier, as I always say, because they just come up with questions for me. So, <laughs> but there was um yeah, just a few, quite a few questions on on the EP and and your your the singles that already came out. So, Harry, for example, was asking, um, what's changed within your music? between your previous North Quarry EP and this new EP? It's kind of a general question, but... Like, what's changed musically? Um, I don't know. I guess just, like, learning all the time, you know? Like, I knew what sound I was going for. I knew I wanted... Uh, it was Submorphics that gave me this description. I was like, you nailed it. Um, gritty lo-fi chords with tight drum programming and i was like that's exactly what it is um (laughs) and that's something that i kind of honed in on and you know you know you mess with different types of samplers and different types of sounds and you know spend a lot of hours a lot of cups of coffee trying to design the perfect vibes and you know the the tracks that came out on that EP were the direct result of that um i think uh the track that really defined like exactly how much my sound really changed or i just updated was uh the coon talk tune uh mm. which is just this there's just so many different layers to that track melodically then with you know the deep heavy you know gritty bass line and then Mm -hmm. like the high frequency like like uh just kind of like uh, laser-esque sounds in there to kind of help bring it out that that that's a track that like i really i'm really proud of it didn't get like a single spotlight or anything like that for the ep but like yeah that's a vibe i'm going for so yeah this uh I'd say that's yeah. how things changed musically. Yeah. It's a really drawn out mm-hmm. answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> how, how do you pronounce that track? Kuntach? Kuntach? Uh, Kuntak? Yeah. Kuntak. It's a Lambo. Okay. It's, it's just the track's got like an 80s, like someone is driving a Lamborghini Kuntak down <laughs> in Miami with like yeah. seven keys of cocaine in the back of their car. <laughs> that like, it's not. And it's weird because it doesn't have, it's not like a heavy, like outrunish <clears throat> vibe, but I did what I could to kind of just, I don't know. That was just, that was the mood and the vibe I was on that day. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you say that because I was, I was just Googling just before we came on what it actually like meant the word. And I saw it was, yeah, uh, an old Lamborghini. And then I listened back to the track and I could to- totally see it. Like I could really see it like, yeah, like driving, like maybe... It could have been on like an old like 
uh, racing game, you know, like that kind yeah. of vibe, uh, like nighttime and yeah, uh, Miami Vice situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something but, like uh, that. But just like you know, also adding you know signature elements. Yeah, 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 definitely to, to definitely bring it out. Yeah. But yeah, glad you like that one too. So that's but, the one that I'm like, oh god, I hope people like this one. <laughs> yeah, but it but it's funny because I think like again, I listened to the EP like once straight and the sorry the japanese one i keep forgetting the kusanagi. name that's the one, kusanagi sorry that's the one that stood out because it's like an obvious one and the second one we're talking about kuntak didn't really st- stand out that much and then i listened back to the ep a second time and then it really stood out like the second time i listened to it and because then like all the different like all the complexities and the layers kind of came out more i was paying more attention to it and the second time I listened to it, I was like, ah, this tracks a vibe. Like, I really enjoyed that one. It's like, so I hope people will enjoy it. Like, if if any people listening to this, like, listen to the EP twice in a row, and then you'll... <laughs> yeah, give it some time, man. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Seriously, thank you. But, yeah, but uh, honestly, there's a ton of great music. Like, it doesn't always, like, hit you the first time, you know? And you listen back to it maybe a second time, a third time, and you're like, fuck, I really dig this. Like, you, you kind of get into it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. a slow burn. Slow burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Harry was also asking, um, any new processes or major themes that you were exploring uh, with this this new EP? If it's a similar question. Or... Gritty lo-fi chords and tight mm. drum programming. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Um, all right, what else do I have here? I have a bunch of questions. Nate was asking, uh, where does the Nokia Days vocal come from? Oh, man. No <laughs> <Can> comment. You, <laughs> <laughs> you can't say? Yeah, the, the story behind that is that uh, both Lensman and I were like, I don't know if that's going to fly, but we'll do it. <laughs> so okay. I don't I don't know. I don't know. So all right. um, we'll see. Maybe Not I'll really. shift. I'll shift the question because I I I love your like vocal samples and I I always feel they fit really great into your tracks. Uh, do you have any tips for people on finding vocal samples just in general? Because I I know it's a struggle to find stuff that hasn't been used or that's not too cheesy or stuff like that. Yeah, there's um, I, there are a couple resources that I use when I first started um, kind of getting stuff signed especially the north quarter um i mean loot masters i mean everyone does that there's no there's nothing special about that um in terms of like sampling tracks actual tunes where it's like oh <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if this sample doesn't clear it's a wrap financially <laughs> for me so um i try to I really try to like be careful about everything, um, mm. you know, which is why normally you'll hear more royalty free stuff in my tracks unless it's like a bootleg mm. um, where at that point it's like, all right, well, I mean, this isn't getting an official release. I'm not making money from this. All this is is just hyping a vibe for like a show or just like a free download. So there's really no mm. risk there but for an official release. Um, I think my biggest resource is a mixture between Splice and Arcade by Output. Um, okay. In Arcade, uh, there is a particular 
they're just like they're called lines of individual like samplers that you know they just have people and they just they sing lay down vocals all different types of vibes and they put it into like a vst platform with effects and stuff that is kind of just plug and play type stuff and the it's called hooked um okay that particular line that has all these vocals uh all these different vocal options that you can use and like there's like if i just need because half the time that you're making tracks when you need a vocal you don't really need these massive like just bars and bars and bars of vocals mm. you know if you just need some kind of like ah or ooh or yeah. you know some just a sentence yeah three words or something like that um it's a fantastic resource if you're looking for actual vocals on stuff i i don't even really like using packs or anything for that i just try to find an actual vocalist yeah, yeah or i'll yeah. reach out to someone and be like yo hook me up with a vocalist on this because i'd much rather do that than have an entire element that i could have easily just credited someone for yeah. this and share like a collaborative experience with yeah yeah i always feel a bit a bit weird when I hear a track where there's like a full vocal line, like for like 16, 32 bars, it's like vocals, but there's nobody credited because it's probably from a sample pack or a splice or whatever. I don't yeah. know, it feels always a bit strange to me. I've been there before too. Like on the Struggles EP, there were a couple of tracks on there where yeah, there was some royalty-free sample pack usage there for vocals. Mm. and But I mean, it really just matters about like how you use it. Yeah, but like at the yeah. end of the day, if the tune's good, the tune's good, you know. Yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. if you you you'll have artists that do that, but the track, the instrumental is incredible, and it's like, all right, I can't really complain about that ever. So mm. um, there's a lot of a lot of artists that do that, but especially now that I have access to more resources with the label and stuff, and the people that I have been very blessed and fortunate to be connected with. Um, I'd much rather just connect with actual vocalists and just be like, yo, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I feel like the only exception is like, and this isn't just me, this isn't me jabbing anyone. It's just like, there are just certain MCs that like, I don't know, like very rapid paced stuff. Mm. Uh, I, but it's just, everyone's different. Everyone's different. But um, yeah, just... I guess at the end of the day, it's up to you. Um, yeah, yeah, no, use what use what feels right. Don't get yourself into a to a to a hot sample situation. You don't want <laughs> no, that. No. no, definitely not. Um, just talk about it. yeah. Still in the I guess writing process. Nate was also asking what part of writing a tune do you find the most challenging, and how do you overcome it? I think just getting the idea down first. Um, mm. I, I think once you have, once you have the melodic elements and you have drum track written arrangements, cake. You know, you don't need to. At that point, you're on autopilot. You know, you mm. know, you, you kind of take basic music theory into account. You know how these tracks are going to be arranged. You know, you're going to have transitions here and here, and you've already got ideas. That's how the process works. I mean, for me personally. Um, but just getting the idea, opening up Ableton, I know I want to make a deep liquid tune and I'll mess around with stuff and I'll open up 
I'll open up this VST and then I'll go in and try to write and record this sound and I'll try to do this. And, you know, when you catch the right vibe, it, it just, it's just smooth sailing, but mm. getting to that point first is, is that that's the thing that always has me just like, I'm going to close Ableton now and leave. Yeah. Maybe come back an hour and a half later and then <laughs> stare at it again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, I feel like everyone has their own different, their, their own different like demon that they deal with production wise in the process, mm. but that's mine for sure. Mm. It's funny. I feel like laying down the first ID for me is the easiest because there's like nothing there. So it's, I'm not saying a good ID, but just a basic ID for a sketch is like easy, like just a few chords on a pad and I'm off. For me, it's like writing a bass line. I suck at bass lines. I, every time I write one, it's like, nah, this sucks, 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 sucks. And I spend uh. like days trying to find the right note progression for my bass lines. It's like, I hate it. <laughs> oh man, I feel you on that. It, yeah, especially if, you know, I mean, this is for me personally, I don't have a traditional instrumental background in terms of, you know, I don't know how to play the piano. I don't play bass, guitar, any of that, everything, all my knowledge is in digital production. So, mm. you know, I can scale keys. I know how to scale octaves and stuff like that. But, you know, if you told me to write a particular chord enabled, like in MIDI right now, I wouldn't be able to mm. know, I wouldn't be able to do it. But I mean, there's mm. a lot of producers that are that way. Like it's just yeah. taking time to just write the right vibe and Baselines are difficult for sure, um, uh, especially if the, it doesn't sound like in terms of like the actual sound of the bass itself. You can mm. write a fire baseline, like it, it's it's notated to perfection, and then that you hear the actual sound of the bass the first time with everything else, and you're just like, oh, let me just wipe this clean <coughs> and <laughs> never produce music again. <laughs> yeah. And it's the hard part because it is called drone bass, so you do have to have a strong bass line. Otherwise, For sure. it's, like, it's just drums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I struggle massively with that, but yeah. In terms of, uh, I guess, yeah, this is kind of touching on workflow then, but Nate was also asking, like, uh, he'd love to hear more about your, like, production workflow. So I guess what you start with, do you usually start with drums or is it more the musical elements? Like, how do you generally yeah proceed uh, yeah um I, I start with the 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 melodic elements first um it goes one of two ways i either have a mono notation or something of an actual chord so if you know like let's say i find like a nice little stab sound that i'm digging through or you know i design in serum or vital or something and i'm like I like this sound a lot. Let me see if I can make a small little, you know, monotone melody. And then around that melody, I will build everything else. And it usually cascades into like, I want a chord behind that little stab melody. And then after that, I'm going to try to figure out the drums um, or even just to kind of get a vibe. Like it may not even necessarily be a full drum track. It may just be like the kick and the hi-hats just, just yeah. to see like, all right, like, do I want these kicks to pump? Do I want them to be a little bit more flat so we're not drawing emphasis on 
the instrumental because if it's a vocal track you got to produce this entirely different Mm. it's just like if you have people if you're having artists like any type of like lyricists or mc on there where you know they're dropping verses the whole structure of the track changes to an extent you can't Mm. throw on these little nuanced modulations of you know you can't have like these heavy bass lines oscillating in the background because it's like (laughs) all right well now you need something to complement you know, the other artist on this track. So, you know, it's one, it's going to be one of those two ways. Then the drums come in and then the bass lines always last for me. Like mm-hmm. I like to save the best for last. And then once I have that idea sketched, that's when the arrangement starts. And then we get to the fine tuning. Um, and then once I have the arrangement there, that's when I'll start really delving into changing, like, you know, do I want effects on this bass at this transition? It's a long process, um, mm. but it's worth it. And I mean, yeah, that's that's my normal, that is my normal, like, workflow. I think the only time that it ever changes is if I'm, like, working with someone else, like, collaborating, mm. and they have a completely different workflow. Yeah. Which is fascinating to like see and experience too yeah yeah so you generally start like with the the drop section like everything in there and then build out your intro afterwards and your from the drop yeah well actually all right so this is where I'm, I'm, i'm i'm told it's really weird but so in ableton you have session view and arrangement view when i started producing music i used to write everything in session view first because you have the clips there so i could take you know i could have a midi clip here and write midi and then duplicate that clip and then boom 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 and nothing's in arrangement yet because I haven't recorded it. Mm-hmm. But I will build out an entire scene for the track, like the structure. And then I will play the scenes, scene for scene after. So it's basically like how the track is going to go. And then okay. when I'm like, all right, yeah, we got a really good vibe for this track. I record. And then when it records in session, it records into arrangement. And then that's when I build everything else in arrangement. So it's okay. it's it's a I, it sounds very weird. I, I I'm in a felt studio, so I have no idea what you're oh, talking about. <laughs> gotcha. But I'm sure I'm sure plenty of people listening do. So yeah, that's fine. It's, yeah, anyone that uh, knows Ableton, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting workflow. It's what works for me ten out of ten times. It's just if I try to build something in arrangement, it's because I have to. Like mm. if I were to if I were to put together like someone sends me a bunch of vocals for a track and I got to drop those vocals into arrangement first so that way I can mix them down, chop stuff up, do whatever I need to do before I start writing the actual track. Mm. That's different because if that happens and I actually need to go and I'm going to, I'm going to manually drag stuff in, write stuff, you know, record stuff in the arrangement view. But the session view, when you're like, that's like, it's like my, my little hidden gem there for freaking, <laughs> because I can come up with an idea in like 20 minutes and then be like, is it worth it? And be like, no, this is shit. And then just <laughs> wipe the slate yeah. clean and start again. Um, and then 
in that entire process, you know, I got I got some fire. And so I'll hit record, run through all the scenes in, you know, time order. And then it's in arrangement view. And all I got to do is mess with the arrangement and then add all the finishing touches and effects and ready to rock. Hmm. I'm sure people on Ableton will resonate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> I just have like the playlist, like in FL, it's like you have the playlist with everything and then you, you drag in your different elements and... Yeah, you no only idea. have the arrange. You only have like an arrangement. I, gu view. I guess it's yeah. The playlist yeah. is like the arrangement. You see your entire track, and then you have all your tracks stacked vertically. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's really any other way to 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 see your track like the entire track. There's no other way to to do it in FL. I think right. So. Yeah, because <laughs> um, the session view in Ableton was originally. I mean, it's been there for live forever. or something or yeah it's for live performances okay, yeah, so yeah. people can literally like i don't know if you've seen like the ableton push controller um the, the they have like the, the wrong things and with the buttons on yeah, it the, yeah yeah, um, yeah like yeah. the 64 button pad yeah so from session view people can literally just you activate clips on mm. session view that's how everything is operated and you hit a button on that and it will activate that clip and it will play it and you can play a clip from this track a clip from this track you can have all these different things you can mess around with all these different configurations of the track um but i just happen to use it for producing yeah, too yeah. It just it's kind of like a little it just makes the process easier creatively because if i have a if i have a certain idea for a track right I can easily just duplicate that and then make a completely different idea in a different clip. Mm. And if that vibes better with the original situation I wrote over here in this clip, boom. And then mm. I just record, arrange, and then we're ready to rock. That's a great tip. I've never heard that. I don't know if anybody else does that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure that's what the session view is meant for. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's totally unorthodox, but I've done it. I, the moment yeah. I opened Ableton 11 years ago, I've been doing it. Yeah. If it works for you, man, who cares how it's done in the end? Right. Like it's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. Um, going to slowly close this off. I've got a, one or two other questions. Uh, one of them, we touched a lot about it in uh, in our previous episodes, so... People can go back to that when it was more on the drone based scene in the US. And uh, Elliot Telamic was asking, what's the more soulful drone based scene like in the US uh, at the moment? Have you seen uh, any like evolution over the last year we've spoken? And yeah. See it? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, there's definitely been an increase of that but also you know there's also been an entire you know soulful liquid scene here that i've never really been able to like experience comprehensively because i mean we're so spread out like it costs me a like a 500 plane ticket to go to california which has easily one of the best like the entire state is like i would say the hub for drum and bass in the u.s mm. los angeles san francisco san diego each of those scenes are hot just you go to respect mm. in los angeles it's gonna be packed they have top tier artists every week 
every month. It's it's just hard to to compete with that. Um, and there are a lot of liquid, soulful platforms that have the same effect. Um, but a lot of these platforms also book the same like super like high energy yeah. like neurofunk artists. So uh, really, it's just who's ever backing the platform. So you know, you go to something like Respect again, for example. You know, you'll have someone like Black Sun Empire, and that place will pack out. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, you bring someone like Red Eyes through, and the place will pack out because it's Respect, and mm-hmm. it's oh man, like well, I mean, one, it's Red Eyes. So I'm if I if I have an opportunity to cast Julian play, I'm gonna. I'm going to mm-hmm. go through that. Um, if I'm a neurofunk head or like an OG jungle head or just like a liquid guy, like it doesn't matter. Like, mm. you know, people kind of just back the platform. Um, but then also, I mean, preferences are there too, you know, so it's just, it depends. Um, California was definitely the one I would say has a really, really vibrant liquid deep soul scene. Mm. Um, uh, I, I've seen one show there in my entire life. And it was the best drum and bass show stateside that I've been to for Liquid. Um, mm. It was LSB, Submorphics, Spectrosoul when they were still around, uh, and Random Movement. Place That's was quite the lineup. <laughs> place was bumping, and uh, mm. it was like on a. Um, Oh, you know, it it was a Saturday. So, um, mm. yeah, but no, there's there's tons of pockets where you'll go and you'll have your dedicated scenes. You know, there's a a solid, you know, maybe 50, 60 people here in like the Raleigh area in North Carolina that are really about liquid, that they really like it. Um, other cities in North Carolina, same way. Go to New York City. There's a large liquid presence. You go to D.C., tons of liquid heads in dc um but it's weird because overseas in the uk or somewhere else in europe you won't see the same drum and bass fans at like you know like let's say the north quarter has a show at fabric their north quarter is gonna pull its own audience to that room yeah and then let's say critical has another room and there's going to be an equally large like overwhelmingly large audience going to the critical room we don't have that here in the states it's just Mm. drum and bass in general because of how spread out and how dedicated the scene is if it's drum and bass people are showing up um and that's something that's growing um it's the running joke here of like when's drum and bass gonna is drum and bass gonna blow yeah. up this year and it's like i mean it's always been banging but like also at the same time like awareness has been getting a lot better um a lot yeah. more newer uh like younger audiences especially from like more like the like the underground electronic underground edm scenes are getting into it um i'm hoping that it kind of grows past this point where people throw in a couple of like drum and bass tunes here and there just to like be like oh i'm edgy i play drum and bass too um and into like we're gonna have a drum and bass producer or performer on this lineup um because we want drum and bass to be properly represented and not like a 
trend, but yeah, um, yeah, no, there's there's high hopes here, man. There are a lot of people that are like yeah. they're hitting the they're hitting the ground running, like really trying to get drum and bass to be like a serious a serious mm. thing here, and we're getting there. Give us time, yeah. Man. Give us give us yeah. some time. <laughs> Nah, definitely. And I mean, like, as you said, it's such a big country, but you've got artists like yourself, you've got Winslow, obviously, signing to hospital. And one I of the best could, things you... to happen last year. I'm so happy <laughs> for Duncan. I'm so yeah. happy for Duncan. Seriously. Did it, did you feel like almost you had signed to hospital as well? Because it's like the US and you feel like connected <laughs> there. I feel like every American producer felt that way to an extent yeah. because I mean, he's the first North American, well, the first American to sign exclusive to hospital. Like, oh, I didn't know that. He's okay. he's he's the first one to do it. There was another one, but he's in Canada, Polaris. Polaris, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, which I don't I don't think he's with hospital anymore. Um, I might be wrong in that. At least that's what I have heard. Um, I don't know. I don't know any circumstances yeah, beyond that. But it, it yeah. seems like he's not on hospital anymore. Um, but he's a fantastic producer too, but like from the States, like yeah. the actual U S like, no, he's the first one to, to get on an exclusive contract with hospital and to do that. And mm. that's super like, especially knowing Duncan of just like, he's the nicest guy. He's killing it. Yeah. He's, he, he's awesome. His tunes are incredible. <laughs> he's extremely, extremely talented, even beyond music production. He's, he's, you know, he plays the violin and stuff. He's, he's teaches like, I don't know what grade or what range of grade, but like he's a music teacher mm. and that's just, I don't know. He's just like a really inspiring person. Like I'm super, like I'm proud of the dude for doing it. Like I'm, I'm happy mm, for yeah. him. Man. Yeah. I hope yeah. to him and I, we need to, we need to work on something at some point. Duncan, if you listen to this, man, come on. He, he is listening. I'm sure he is. He is listening. You know how so. to reach me. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it before, um, but I think we were both like, "Yeah, you just you know, we just gotta find the right time." And it's just like, listen, <laughs> it's getting there. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Actually, he just he just put out a video on YouTube on his channel with his five like resolutions, his five goals for twenty twenty two, and one of them was actually do collabs, like get on them and do them. Oh and snap! Because he wants to do them, so. It's on. Duncan, you're you're listening to this, so Let's get go. on it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh man, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, Duncan for sure. Big ups, <laughs> big ups, Winslow. Big ups, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great note to to finish it on, man. Really enjoyed this chat. Uh, always great speaking with you. Um, best of luck with the the release. I'm sure it's gonna go fine, but uh, best of luck as always. And I appreciate uh, that, man. Thank you. And yeah, anything else? Uh, I don't know anything else you want to plug. I had a last question here from Harry asking if you had any travel plans for 2022. Like, what's 2022 going to look like for you? Stay tuned on that. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> Think, things are coming. Things are things are happening. I I I I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But stay He's tuned. doing massive, <laughs> ma massive air quotes for people listening. Yeah, on, I've been I've used that like sorry to anyone who watched this and saw me do that like five times in this podcast. <laughs> this has been, but no, um, no, definitely stuff in the works. Um, right. No official announcements yet, but like what's coming up, I'm 
very excited. Very wow. excited for it. So I can't wait to get that out to the people. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, Midnight Static drops February 11th. And uh, appreciate everyone that's tuned in and listened and supported me. And also big ups to you, Simon. Appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a pleasure talking. Yeah, yeah. It always flies by, so that's always a good sign. Oh, for real, man. It's 4 p.m. <laughs> over here. It doesn't even, like, I feel like we just started this, like, five yeah, minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Uh, best of luck with everything. Uh, get on that Patreon, because I know people want it. I know, the, I know there's demand for it, so. It's coming, uh, man. It's yeah, coming. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all the best, man. All right, same to you, man. Appreciate you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.